Yeah, hello, hello. Good to see you, Parkview crew. Uh, everybody around Orland, everybody at Homer Glen, New Linux, uh, everybody online on Facebook Live uh, right now. Good to see everybody. Good to be together with you. Welcome to the summer at uh, Parkview uh, when your glasses will fog up as soon as you walk outside. It's a great, it's a great, great thing. So I'm glad that you're here uh, for real, and especially if you're just uh, getting back into church maybe this summer, maybe you've decided to investigate church again uh, for yourself or for your family, or, or maybe somebody invited you to come. Uh, this weekend, and so you're around Chicagoland here because someone invited you. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. And I think one of the things you're going to see about Parkview pretty quick, if you stick around here this summer, is that we're a place that love the Bible. Uh, we, we love to study the Bible, and uh, we love to apply it to our lives, and we don't always do that perfectly, but we love, we love the Bible around here, and I think you're going to see that. And we also love Jesus, and we just, uh, we're, we're pretty uh, bold about that. We love Jesus, and we want to be more and more like Jesus in this world and help people see Jesus through us. And uh, in fact, the last month or so, we've been in a series, Pastor Tim has been taking a look at the life of Jesus in a really unique way, probably a way that most of us had never even thought about in, in our lives. And, uh, and it was a great series, and it's been a great book that he wrote uh, the last four weeks. It's called What Made Jesus Mad? And if you've been around here, you know that it was just an excellent, excellent study. And if you weren't, I would encourage you to catch it online. Pick up Pastor Tim's book here on one of the campuses or online somewhere. And I, I really do believe that, that this book uh, has continued power to transform our lives and make us look more like Jesus in this world. And so I want to encourage you to pick that up. As, as you know, uh, Pastor Tim is off this summer on a sabbatical, uh, something he has never really done before in, in two, three decades of pastoring. But this is a time for him to just get refreshed and refueled so he can come back here in the fall and be ready to roll with us and ready to go. And he's going to spend some time with God, some time with his family, and that sort of thing as well. Uh, and so we're, we're excited for that. In, in fact, this last week, as he was kicking off his sabbatical, he actually came out to California. He was speaking at Saddleback Church at a conference, and so he and Pastor Bill was with him. They came by my house as well, and we were able to hang out for a little bit together. And I, I want you guys to know this. Uh, for Pastor Tim and I, our lives in a lot of ways are very similar. There's a lot of things that we're alike in with what we do, with our family, things like that. But there are also a lot of ways that we are very different, okay? And, and just there's, there's one of those little things is, would just be like transportation, how we get around. Pastor Tim, he's usually driving his car around. For me, whenever I can, I'm riding my skateboard. That's usually how I get around. I have an electric skateboard. It has like 14 miles of charge, goes like 26 miles an hour. It's like a rocket, okay? And so that's what I'm usually on. And so they came out to visit me, and we were meeting at this restaurant. And so I decided to just skate over to the restaurant. And when I got there with my electric skateboard and I stood in front of them, you can just imagine what Pastor Tim is thinking. He's like, oh, can I touch it? Can I, can I feel it? Can I, can I hold it? Can I ride that? And of course, Pastor Bill is saying, Tim, no. You, you, you do not need to get on that board. This is not going to end well. You do not want to start your sabbatical this way. You're going to spend the whole time on crutches on your sabbatical. No, no, no. No. And of course, you all know 
Pastor Tim and his just incredibly meek spirit, um, he, yeah, no, he says, I want to do it. I'm doing this. And so I want to show you a short video of Pastor Tim on my electric board. I took down the juice. I turned down the power. Don't tell him that. Um, but I turned down the power before he got on. But here's Pastor Tim at my house on the electric board. Okay, Parkview, we're making YouTube videos. Todd Clark's house with Pastor Tim. He's doing my... He's doing my board, bro. You can see Bill Brown's face. <laughs> Boom! Pulling it around. Turn, ladies and gentlemen. It is such a long board. <laughs> so he did it. He's still alive. He's uh, with his family. He's doing well. And I tell you, you know, just the way Tim lives, and he inspires me. I know he inspires so many of us. And, and just even in the last few days, I've been thinking, man, you just inspire me. You wrote a book. I'm, I'm, I want to write a book. And, and so I started writing this book, too. And I don't have the whole book done. It, it takes a long time to write a book. But I do have the cover of my book done, and I wanted you to see it. It's totally inspired by Tim. Here's, here's my cover to my book, What Makes Jesus Nervous. <laughs> It's my new book that's going to be coming. It's people like Tim on skateboards is the first chapter. Um, and also, by the way, it's forwarded by Tim Arlo. Um, it's kind of fun. Don't tell him I'm doing this. Um, but it, it's, it's, he's, he's going to have a good summer. We know that. And guess what, Parkview? We are going to have a great summer as well. And, uh, and yes, yes, we are. It's going to be awesome. And, and here's what I know about all of us. Uh, I know that some of you have had a really good summer. So far, I mean, it is just, it's as good as it's going up and to the right. It's about as good as it can get. Others of you, maybe your summer hasn't been so good. It started out, honestly, let's, let's be real, it's been tough. You've had some things come into your life, and it's hard. Others of you, you know, some good, some bad circumstances, it's too early to tell. I don't know, Todd, I don't know. If the summer's going to be good or bad, it's too soon to tell. But you have, you know, circumstances and events in your life. For me, I want you to know as I enter back into this summer and spend a lot of time here uh, with you, I've had some of the happiest and some of the most difficult uh, season of my life just the last few months, the happiest and the hardest. And just one month ago, roughly one month ago, my daughter Ruby got married, uh, which was so exciting and, and so happy, right? But it's also hard uh, for, to, to see that happen. A few pictures of her and, and her husband. Uh, it, it's, it's an incredibly happy time, but it's a hard time because did, did you know, I mean, they changed their name. That's what happens. I mean, she changed her name, which was brutal, right? Um, two weeks ago, just two weeks ago in, in my life, in my summer, my son... Cole graduated from high school, uh, which is exciting and, and fun, but it's also hard, right, to, to send them out. Here he is at our house, and, and he's, you know, headed off into his whole new uh, world. In fact, I got to take his senior pictures a couple of months ago, and we took dozens and dozens and dozens of, of senior pictures, and actually, here's his favorite one out of all of them. <laughs> he's, he's a great, incredible, unique young man, and he's actually coming to Columbia College in the city uh, for school this next year, so he'll be around here, and I'll be around here as well, so that's, that's kind of exciting. So happy times, hard times. Then one other thing, some of you have already noticed this as I'm teaching up here today. I got some new ink on me with uh, some, some uh, cross and some family stuff and that sort of thing, and that was actually kind of hurtful. So anyway... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, so you, you may not have had tattoos or graduations or, you know, weddings going on, but, but here's what I know. Here's what I know. Every single one of us this summer has had stuff in our lives, right? Everybody say stuff. 
stuff. We've all had stuff come into our lives. And here's why I bring all this up, because the stuff that comes into your life, the circumstances that come into your life, they play a big part in how you see God and how you experience your faith. Over the last month, I've had conversations with with two people in my life, and these two people have been full of faith. I mean, full of faith. But then something has happened. Something has happened in their life, and it has rocked their relationship with God. And this thing that happened to these people who are full of faith has actually started to cause them to ask some questions about faith and about God and and, and all of those sorts of things. And it's caused me, because of that, to start asking this this, this question that maybe you ask a lot of times, and and that is simply this, what, what is faith? What is this thing that we're supposed to have and carry around with us and be strong in? As we head into the summertime, I want us to think about that. As we can have all kinds of events, all kinds of travel, all kinds of things happen to us. How do we have faith during all of those things? I want us to think through that. And I think a lot of times pastors and preachers and churches, actually, we make faith super complicated, which I think is another thing that actually makes Jesus mad. And so I want us to unpack this a little bit today. And so well, what, what is faith and how do we have it and keep strong in it? Well, if you're taking notes, here's first of all what faith is not. Faith is not some kind of force, okay? A lot of times when we talk about faith or we preach about faith, we kind of like, if, if you have a lot of it, what it is, faith is kind of like a lasso. And it's this invisible lasso you can get around God, and if you have enough faith, you can kind of pull God in your direction, and He'll do stuff for you and with you. Or if we all get faith, maybe you're kind of brought up this way, if we all get faith and if we pool all of our faith together and all of us get all kinds of faith going on, guess what? We can actually get God to do stuff that he was never even going to do if we get all of us together. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's kind of like this force that we're always trying to figure out how it works. But I want you to know, that's not faith. That's, not, that's really not what faith is. Here's another thing. Uh, faith isn't just a formula. A lot of times we say, well, that person has incredible faith. I mean, they're so strong and they're so mature. And and to to have incredible faith, you know, you have to know a lot about the Old Testament and the New Testament and know how that goes together. And and it's kind of this formula. And a lot of times preachers and and teachers and churches put it into a formula. Hey, you want to have faith? Then you just need to do these three things and do them in this order. You know, you need to attend and serve and give. Attend and serve and give. And if you'll do that, you're going to get big faith and it's going to grow. And listen, listen, listen. Attending and serving and giving all those things, those are great. We should be doing those things. The, the Bible calls us to, to be together and to resource God's kingdom. But, but doing those things in that order isn't what gives or takes away faith. It's just not. Here's, here's what I'm learning in, in my life. Check, check this out. Faith, this is how it works in real life, okay? Faith is something that a person can gain or lose, depending on what their faith is fixed to. That's really how it works in real life with us, with ourselves and our friends. So the big question maybe as we head into the summer is this, what is your faith fixed to? What is your faith leaning up against? Because every single one of us, whether you've been around church for a long time or you're just coming back to church today, every single one of us is leaning our faith up against something. It's fixed to something. And what happens to a lot of us is we fix our faith to something or we lean our faith up against something, and then that something we're leaning it up against moves and our faith, our faith falls. It crashes because the thing we were leaning it up against moved. 
In fact, Pastor Andy Stanley uh, talks about a couple of things that cause our faith to fall. These will make our faith crash, and what we believe, it will cause it to crash. I want you to see these things. I think they're so good. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. Lifestyle decisions. Certain lifestyle decisions for you, for your friends, for your kids, for your grandkids can cause your faith to crash. Let me explain what I mean. Let's say you were raised in a home where you believe that cheating, lying, being deceitful is wrong. It's just wrong. Now, it doesn't mean you were perfect at it. As you were growing up, maybe you cheated just a little bit here and there, but whenever you cheated, you always believed it was wrong. Or maybe you were deceitful a little bit, but you always you know, felt bad about it. And then what happens is you get a little bit older, you go to college or you go apprentice somewhere, and you get a job out in the real world. And you begin to realize, it's like everybody where I work is, is cheating in some way. Everybody's cutting corners on something. That's just the way this whole thing works. Or, or everybody's being a little bit deceitful, and, and, and they don't even seem to be getting you know, called on it. And when that happens, you have a dilemma because you always believed it was wrong, but you're also kind of learning that this is the way everybody operates in the world. So what do you do? Right? You basically have three choices. Choice number one, you, you can quit you know, that uh, place, you can quit that job, but it's sometimes difficult to find another job. And so choice number two, you can keep working at that job, but just kind of feel guilty and strange about it or try and get everyone to be good and honest, which is difficult as well. Or number three, you can kind of just change up a little bit of what you believe. And, and you can say this, okay, okay, Todd, listen, listen, okay, here's the thing. Being dishonest, I mean, just being a little deceitful, it depends why you do it, it's not that bad, okay? It's not that bad. And what happens to so many is over time, not overnight, but over time, we begin to uh, adjust what we believe based on our lifestyle that we're living. Here's another way uh, to look at this. Let's say you're raised in a home where you're brought up to believe that, uh, that being intimate or be having a sexual relationship with somebody before marriage is wrong. It, it's out of bounds. And it doesn't mean that, you know, during junior high, high school, your young adult years, you didn't, you didn't struggle with some of that. You didn't, you know, fight to stay pure and that sort of thing. And you did as much as you could. And, you know, you kind of won and lost some. But that's, that's what you believed. And then all of a sudden, one day, you meet this guy. And he's amazing. Or you meet this girl, and Todd, you don't understand. I mean, she is glorious, okay? And so you start to spend time together, and you start to get closer and closer, and you start to get more and more intimate, and, and eventually, you know, you move in together because it just makes sense to move in together, and all of a sudden, you're, you're living together, and you're doing all these things, and you're, and you're doing things together sexually that you never thought you would do and never planned to do. And so, again, you have a dilemma. You have a dilemma, and, and, and here, you basically have three choices. The choice number one is you can stay in that relationship with that person and, and just kind of feel guilty about it a lot of times. Or you can break up with that person, which is hard to do because they may be a fantastic person, right? Or you can just kind of edit and change around what you believe and say, Todd, you know, yeah, I know that's my faith and I know that's what I was brought up to believe and that sort of thing, but it, doesn't, it just doesn't seem as practical anymore. And so sometimes we kind of abandon our beliefs to fit the lifestyle that we want to live. And a lot of lifestyle decisions can end up causing people to abandon a lot of their beliefs and faith. Here's one other thing that can cause our faith and beliefs to crash, and that is unexplainable circumstances. And this is so huge for so many of us. 
it's, It's like this. We were raised to believe that God would never. This is just the way we were brought up with family, with parents, aunts and uncles, grandparents, church. God would never. Okay, here's the thing. God will never, you know, fill in the blank. And then God does. God does whatever it is or he appears to. And we're like, what? I thought God would never. And then all of a sudden he is? Or, or you were raised to believe that God would always. Okay, okay, Todd, God will always. Todd, I, I, I don't know everything about God. I definitely don't know everything about God. And Todd, I'm not a preacher. I'm not standing on the stage. I don't know everything about the Bible that you know about the Bible. But here's what I know. God will always. He will always do this. And then he doesn't. Then he doesn't. And you're thinking, no, 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 wait, wait, God was always going to do that. God, y'all can count on that. God will always do that. And then God doesn't do that. And we're like, what, what, what? And so many times, here's, here's what happens to us in our lives. We are raised to believe that if you would just do A, B, and C, then God will do D, E, and F, just kind of the way it works. And so you have been doing A, B, and C in your life, but it doesn't look like God is doing D, E, or F, Right? Or it doesn't appear that he's doing any of those things. And in fact, some of you are back in church now in your life because you believe that being in church is part of you doing A, B, and C. This is part of my A, B, and C. I need to get here so I can get God to do what I need him to do. And, and here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. Some of you, you don't even like church. You don't even like it. You don't need, there's so many other things you would like to be doing on the weekend. You don't even like church, but you have this belief that probably being here is part of me doing what I need to do so I can get God to do what I need him to do. And a lot of times when we start to live that way, we start to, to let go of and lose our belief, lose our faith, because God is not acting the way we think God should act. There is some unexplainable circumstances, right, up in here going on, right? That's what, that's what we start feeling like. And, and here's what happens. Here's what happens. If you're taking notes, if you're writing these things down, these lifestyle decisions and these unexplainable circumstances that invade our lives, that come into our summer, a lot of times we're leaning our faith, we're fixing our faith to certain things, and it can cause our faith to crash. And here's what I want us to realize today. Both of these things have this in common. Both of these things have this in common. They could both be considered circumstantial faith. That's what both of those are. And circumstantial faith is trusting God based on your ability to interpret your circumstances. That's what it is. Now, hear me on this. Every single one of us, whether you've been in church a lot or a little bit, all of us have some level of circumstantial faith. We just do. What happens in our lives has an impact on what we think and what we believe. But here's what I want you to know. Circumstantial faith is so fragile. It's a fragile faith that can easily fall. And here's why. Because you know this. Most of us are not great at interpreting our circumstances. We really aren't. When when there's certain things going on in our life, we're not the best at determining what is really going on and why it's going on. There's all kinds of examples we could give, but let's just do this. Here's a case in point. Let's say you could step into my life back when I was raising my kiddos, okay? Back when they were little, like elementary age. Ruby and Cole were small. And you could step into my life, and you came in on a day where I'm going to take them to the dentist. 
okay? That's the day. And I, if you're a dentist, praise God for you. I love dentists, but sometimes it's a little scary, okay, to be there. Um, and so let's just say you come in on that day. I'm taking my kids to the dentist. And you come up to my son or my daughter, and you ask them, does your dad love you? You know what they would say? No. No, he does not love me. You know why he does not love me? Because I know where we're going today. We're going back to the dentist. And last time we went to the dentist, like a few months ago, guess what? It hurt. It hurt when I went to the dentist. And my guess is that my mouth is going gonna to hurt today. And you know, my dad, here's what my, you know what my dad is going to do? My dad is going to take me and leave me in a place, in a room with someone who is going to hurt my mouth. You know, does, does my dad, my dad needs help is what my dad needs. He needs counseling, and my dad needs counseling is what my dad needs, right? That, that's the way they would feel because of the circumstances that they're in. And listen, every single one of us has these circumstances that blow into our lives. They happened last week, they're going to happen today and later on this week. And sometimes these things that blow into our lives seem terrible, terrible at the moment, But if we wait just a few days or a few weeks or a few months or certainly a few years, sometimes we look back on these things that are happening right now and we say, oh man, oh, I'm actually so glad that happened. I mean, yeah, it it, it seemed bad at the moment, but ultimately, it's really good. And that kind of stuff happens in our lives. I've had that happen with friendships, you know, that I didn't want to lose, but then I realized going, you know what, it's actually better that they're not in my life anymore. I'm better off now. Or I've had it happen with jobs where I've lost a job or had to leave a job and I really didn't want to do it and I was pretty upset about it. And then a few months or years later, I go, I'm so glad I'm not at that job anymore and I've got a great job. And, and so you, you just don't know. And here's what happens sometimes. Here's, sometimes it's just our timetable is so short. Sometimes the things in our life that seem bad are, are going to get good, but we don't give them time to get good, Right? And, and our faith kind of falls and crashes. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying, hear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that everything in your life is good. Everything that's crashing in because it's not. It's not always good. But sometimes those bad things over time are going to get good in your life. That can happen. One of the big reasons, one of the big reasons I love being a Christian being a follower of Jesus, is because my faith is not based on my ability to make sense of this world. It's just not. My faith is not based upon my ability to interpret my circumstances. My faith is is leaning against something. You need to know this about me. My faith is fixed to something that is much different than those couple things we've been describing so far. And this is what I want you to understand and to be able to take into your summer as well with everything that's going to invade your life. In fact, if you have a Bible, could you find the book of Hebrews? If you have a Bible or a smartphone or a tablet, find the book of Hebrews. And we're going to be in chapter 12 for just a couple, a little, a little bit. I want to read a little bit from chapter 12. But if you want to study faith this week, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 12 in the Bible, the New Testament of the Bible, talks all about faith and what it is and how we live it out and some good examples of it in people. And and so in Hebrews chapter 12, let me tell you what's going on here before we dive in and read. There's this guy named Paul, and Paul is writing this book, this letter, to some people in the first century who had put their faith in God, okay? This is a group of people who have, who have put their trust in God, and then they're involved in God's church, but then there's all kinds of really hard stuff happening to them. 
These people who have put their faith in God are losing their jobs because of that. I mean, they're literally having their jobs taken from them. Some of them, they're being persecuted. Lots of them are being kicked out of their homes. We know for certain that people are leaving their faith. Their friends are leaving their faith in God. Their, their, Their kids are leaving their faith in God. There's all kinds of unexplainable things going on in their lives. And, and when all of those things are happening, Paul sees them and their faith crashing. And so Paul says, okay, here's what you do. Here's what we do. Here's how faith works. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Here's what he says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Everybody say fix. Where's our faith fixed? Is it fixed to all those things that are happening? It's fixed to who? Jesus. Let us fix our eyes. Let us fix our faith on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, Parkview, the, Parkview, the foundation of your faith, what your faith leans against is a person, not an event. What your faith and my faith must be fixed to is Jesus, that he came, that that he lived on this earth, that he died on a cross, and then three days later, he rose again. That's what our faith should be fixed to, not all kinds of other things. Check, Check this out. This is so huge. We believe Why do you believe? Why do we believe? We believe because of something that happened, not something that we hope will happen in our lives. We believe because of something that happened. That's Jesus. He really came. He really existed here. That's what our eyes and our faith are fixed to, not something that we hope will happen one day in our lives. You see, the foundation of your faith cannot be, did my prayer get answered? Now, do I want your prayers to get answered? Of course. And does God want to answer your prayers? I think he wants to answer your prayers and bless you. Of course he does. But the found, that can't be the foundation of your faith. It can't be, well, you know what? I've been praying for a long time. God didn't answer. So I guess, you know, maybe he's not even there. No, like that can't be it. The foundation of your faith can't be, did you get the job or not? The foundation of your faith can't be, did the marriage work out or not? The foundation of your faith can't be, is everybody in my family healthy and well and that sort of thing? And listen, Parkview, this is a big deal to me. It's a big deal to to Parkview, uh, the team here, and it should be a big deal to you parents and grandparents and that sort of thing because here's what's happening in our world. We have a whole generation of people who who are walking away from their faith. Their their faith is falling, and and part of the reason that's happening is because a lot of times churches and pastors, what, what, what has happened is we have signed God's name to promises that God never made. We say, God's going to do this and this and this, and then God doesn't do them, and so the faith falls, the faith crashes, because I thought he was going to do that. And this is all over our world. It's all over social media, this kind of faith. In fact, check this out. You can find these all over the place. This girl says, God's going to bring me a boyfriend because of Jeremiah 29, 11. Attach that to it, right? You know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, right? It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. You see, God wants to give me a hope and a future. God wants to prosper me, not harm me. So guess what? God's going to give me a boyfriend. I'm going to get a boyfriend. I, I get a boyfriend. He's coming soon. I don't know when, but he's coming soon. I'm going to get that car. I'm going to get that job. Uh, you know, all, all, all sorts of things like that. And listen, when we have that kind of faith, it's no wonder that you started to lose your faith. 
It's no wonder that your kids are walking away from their faith. It's no wonder that your neighbor is letting go of their faith. We've been signing God's name to promises that he never made. It's not what faith really is. In fact, check this out. When we fix our faith to temporary things, it's no wonder it fails. All those temporary things that we lean our faith against are ultimately going to, you know, move and cause our faith to crash. And let me tell you this, God has not illustrated his love for you by promising everybody's always going to be healthy and well. I think, does he want that? Of course he wants you to be and live that way. But if, if you're not healthy and well, it doesn't mean, well, you just you, gotta, you must not have the faith you had or that someone else has. God hasn't illustrated his love and concern for you by getting you the job or just answering the prayer. And listen, God doesn't illustrate his love and concern like for parents. It's not kind of like this A, B, C, D, E, F kind of pack that, hey, parents, if you'll just get your kids to church, junior high and high school, just get them to church, junior high and high school, that, and then I'm going to take care of them. They'll never walk away from their faith. You do that, and I'll do this. It's just guaranteed. That, that's, not, that's not the way it is. God doesn't demonstrate his love for us by making circumstantial promises to us in our life. God has demonstrated his love for you and for me by sending his one and only son. That really happened. He's on this earth. He comes to the earth. He, he lives. He dies so that we then can live. And that is what our faith must be fixed to. Not what God might do or might not do, but what God has already done. Our eyes and our faith must be fixed on Jesus. Not just all the things that are going to happen this next week or two or ten. We all know, um, every single one of us knows people who seem to have incredible faith, right? Maybe you're even a person of faith, but when you look at them, you're like, wow. And oftentimes it happens when they go through things. Maybe you have somebody in your family, in your life, and they've lost a job, and they've worked at that place for a long time, and they got fired or they got let go, and it was wrong, it was completely out of bounds, and they don't even know what they're going to do. But even though they lost their job, they still keep saying things and posting things online like, praise God, praise Jesus, I'm trusting. And you're looking at them going, what? How, 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 are, you, how are you doing that? Or maybe you have somebody in your family or somebody you know who there's been an accident and they've lost somebody in their family, a, a child or a parent. Or, and it's awful. And, and yet... Even, even when that happens to them, their faith in God is like so solid. And you look at them and go, how, how's, how do you do that? It's inspiring. I have a friend in, in Phoenix. He's a pastor. He's one of my closest friends. And we talk every week a couple times by text or on the phone. And over, over just the last few months, he has had a sickness just invade his life. He was fine and perfect and healthy and good. And then all of a sudden went to the doctor and they're still not even exactly sure what it is, but it's attacking his lungs and his capacity uh, to breathe and function. He, he can't go up 10 flights or, or 10 stairs, not 10 flights, just 10 stairs. He can't even go up that. And, 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 and even through all of that, I watch him and how he acts and his faith is so strong. And honestly, I'm looking at him going, man, I, I don't, I mean, if I was in your shoes... And so how, we ask, how do that? Well, we know how that happens. It's that these folks that we're thinking about right now, 
Their faith isn't based on their circumstances, right? Do they wish things were better in their life? Of course they do. Of course they do. But the foundation of their faith is not dependent upon things happen to be really, really good or really, really bad. Their eyes and their faith are fixed on Jesus. Do they want the sickness to be cured? Yes. Do they want the child to come home? You bet they do. Do they want their finances to improve? Absolutely. But here's what these people would say, Todd, even if these things don't happen and even if things get worse, I won't lose my faith because my faith and my eyes are fixed on Jesus, not just whether things happen to be good or bad. And here's what I would say to all of us, we wrap this up today. If you're a person, if you're a person who wants to keep your faith for all of your years on this earth, then you need to be sure that it's fixed to Jesus, that your eyes are on him even when all the storms may be happening in your life. Just like, again, it says in Hebrews, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's pull it all the way back around to where we started. Some of you, today, as we start out 30 minutes ago, talked about you're having a good summer. Some of you are having a great summer. I mean, it's up and to the right. But here's what I want to ask you to think about as you head out into this weekend. Are you having a good summer so far because everything in your life is just going good? Or are you having a good summer because your eyes are fixed on Jesus and it doesn't really matter how all that's going. There's a big difference there. Some of you said in your mind that you've had a rough summer and I know that's true. You have some heartache, some heartbreak over things. Maybe you've fallen back into the same habit that you, you keep saying, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And then you just keep falling back into it. And, and right now you feel like I, my faith isn't strong, Todd. I just don't have a strong faith. I'm so imperfect at all of this. You know what I would say if you feel that way? That's okay. Because guess what? You don't have to be perfect in your faith. As we've been reading and studying today, Jesus is the author and the what? Perfecter of our faith. We don't have to do all the circumstances perfectly. We just have to keep our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. And as we do that, he will allow us to be strong, no matter what's going on. Agreed? That's how we need to go into this summer. Let's pray together. God, thanks for this time that we can come into a place and we can sing songs and we can just kind of recalibrate to you and point our hearts towards you. God, thank you for just the opportunity to think about how we believe and what faith looks like and God, no matter what's going on in our life this week, I pray that, that through the things that we've considered today that, that we could allow our faith not to be fixed to temporary things that shift around. But God, I pray that our faith would be solid and fixed on you, that our eyes would be fixed on you, Jesus, and through that, we would be able to stay strong no matter what comes our way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.